Welcome to Hub & Flow, a podcast produced by Natural Gas Intelligence. On a mission to provide transparency to the natural gas market, Hub & Flow focuses on key fundamentals driving the price of natural gas and LNG in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Natural Gas Intelligence, or NGI, is a subscription-based price reporting agency, which means we provide trusted and independent natural gas pricing and news for the North American market. Hello, everyone. This is Kevin Dobbs, Senior Markets Editor with NGI. Welcome to the Hub & Flow Podcast. Here with me today is Steve Blair, Senior Account Executive at Merrick's North America, LLC. We're going to discuss production, supplies, demand, LNG, and the price outlook for the coming months. Welcome back, Steve. Hey, Kevin. How are you doing? Good, good. So you've been on the podcast before, but but just for new listeners, could, could you give us a quick review of about you and what you do and your background in natural gas? Sure. I've been in the energy industry since 1985, and so I've been involved in the natural gas futures markets since the futures contracts began. So it's been quite a number of years. I basically am a futures broker, and I deal with commercial and institutional type clients. So you kind of have, uh, you've seen it all through pretty much all the cycles for natural gas in North America then? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, so this year, you know, what's relatively new is the the very elevated levels of production, consistently above 100 BCF per day, at least when maintenance events aren't, aren't getting in the way. But some analysts think the falling rate counts and well, it resulted in at least flat production, some pointing to the Haynesville shale and saying, you know, there could be even be some notable declines there. I'm curious what you expect on this front the remainder of this year and, and how that might affect things ahead of winter. Well, you know, as we all know, production has been elevated, you know, for, for a while now, except for, as you mentioned, you know, maintenance periods of which, as we know, we're going through some now in the Northeast and and over the weekend, apparently, you know, something in the Permian. But it hasn't really had any major effects. Storage levels still remain well above year-ago levels and, and, and as well above the five-year averages. So we obviously have plenty of gas on hand. And, and it seems that the biggest factor in the U.S. domestic market which has almost always been, for the most part, a heat-related weather demand-type market, has been that LNG export expectations, which were anticipated to be high this summer, has not come to fruition. And it seems that part of that has to do with lower demand out of Europe. You know, after the European nations took some drastic steps after Russia invaded Ukraine and fears of uh, loss of gas from Russia. So I think that at this point, U.S. LNG exports are the key factor in what the price structure will do as we move towards 2024, the winter, should I say, the winter of 2024. And increased demand out of Europe, Asia, or both is probably what will impact Henry Hub prices. Of course, we have another situation brewing, which could have a major effect on on pricing and, and demand out of the U.S. Gulf Coast. And that's the, the strikes going on in Australia, which, if they become prolonged, could have impact on Asian markets and 
and thus you may see some of those buyers turning to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Australia probably, I think according to the latest EIA data, the second biggest exporter of LNG behind the U.S. So any big hits there probably does, in fact, shift things in our direction, and especially with that European demand, fair to say. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Okay. So you mentioned 2024 in the long term. I mean, we have the, the expectation of new export facilities on the Gulf Coast next year, a couple of them more to follow in the following years. The war in Ukraine, Russia's war in Ukraine, ongoing Europe's seeming disdain for, for Russian energy, showing no end in sight. It would have seemed that the, the demand for LNG and U.S. LNG in particular is really poised for to set up natural gas for long-term gains and, and some price support through through this decade, potentially. Is that, are you thinking of it that, in that long of a form? Yeah, I think, I think what you're saying is absolutely correct. I think the U.S. LNG export market is, is setting itself up for demand much further down the road as the markets turn more towards natural gas as a source for heating and cooling as opposed to other commodities that are not as climate friendly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that that whole situation with these you know new export liquefaction terminals are are certainly going to be a more long-term phenomenon than anything in the short term. Right. Okay. And I think we've talked about it before, but Asia, of course, with the massive population in China and, and neighboring countries and some ongoing efforts to shift away from coal and, and replace that with natural gas, that, that sets up Asia to be a, a long-term destination as well, fair to say? Yeah. Well, you know, we have another factor here that's outside of the natural gas market to whatever extent you want to want to see it, and that's that the Wall Street Journal came out with an article a few days ago expounding how U.S. heating oil supplies or diesel supplies, you know, basically one and the same, are on the downswing because of the the production cuts by the Saudis and the Russians. And and as you can see, the the heating oil market, futures market, has, has really exploded the gas crack, or should I say the heat crack, for October is over $55 today. And so that may have an impact on natural gas as well, you know, as, as we go down the road into winter. You know, the Northeast has a large, and so and all the, also the upper Midwest are large users of, of heating oil in the winter. and as prices for heating oil go higher and higher, you may have more in industrial turn toward natural gas and away from heating oil and so on. So that's that's something that needs to be watched very carefully. Yeah, that's interesting. And you're referring, of course, to the Saudi-led OPEC and Russia extending production cuts through the end of this year and potentially longer, yeah, that, that that definitely could have a big impact on winter natural gas demand here and prices too. So that, that's yeah, absolutely that's a really good point. And as you know, the, the Midwest and upper Midwest, especially where you get the cold in the Northeast, where you get the cold 
big users of, of both eating oil and natural gas. So yeah, that's definitely a good point. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, something that you know needs to be kept an eye on because it's a new type of phenomenon that's happening here. And so, sticking with the near term theme, then weather obviously a huge factor not only in the two regions we just talked about, but but much of the country. There has been a, some talk about an El Nino pattern this winter, and that could potentially, you know, uh, usher in some drier and milder conditions in northern markets. Just kind of curious your thoughts and anything you've you've put into kind of an advanced look on the, on the weather patterns ahead of winter. No, I think there's two things weather-wise that we obviously have to watch. One is that potential El Nino, which could keep, you know get the markets moving in a more negative direction, you know, price direction if we have a mild winter. But on the other side of the corn, the the tropical Atlantic hurricane season has started to pick up quite a bit. You know, up until the beginning of this month, we really hadn't seen any real tropical weather. And now we've seen a number of named storms, but fortunately only one of them has made it into to the Gulf and and into the eastern Gulf, which didn't have a tremendous impact on, on natural gas production, you know, is that area of the Gulf, you know, doesn't have a tremendous amount of gas production. It's more oil production, but nonetheless, tropical weather needs to be watched, you know, with this activity picking up. We've still got probably at least several weeks or more where potential for major storms could go into the Gulf. But the one, the one caveat, to this is, you know, we've noticed over the last few years that storms in the Gulf don't have the same impact on prices as it used to have. And that may just simply be a factor of we have so much more production than we had 10, 20 years ago, where Gulf production was so inherently important in the overall picture of prices that that doesn't seem to be the case to that degree anymore with so much more onshore production with shell production and and so on but it does still have its impact yeah to your point i mean if there were multiple storms one after the next that had an impact cumulatively you could have some some serious issues and some some impact on prices yet this fall. Exactly. I don't think one storm going into the Gulf and then we don't see another one for several weeks really is going to have any major impact on on Gulf production or prices because when traders realize that it's a one-off shot and, and in this particular case with the you know, hurricane you know, Dahlia, it, it moved very quickly. It was in the Gulf and then gone in a very short amount of time. So traders recognize that and the market really didn't react very much to it. Mm -hmm. So just kind of one last thing. I mean, just looking back at the summer, I think when we had first, we talked maybe at the beginning of the summer and we talked about multiple factors, of course, weather being a big part of it, but you, you had sort of expected somewhat sideways trading. And then that's pretty much what's played out. We've, we've, been above two dollars, below three dollars. Not a you know a lot of volatility in in a small band, but but nothing real breakout 
any surprises from the summer looking back? No, not really. As you said, at that time, I thought that prices would remain in the 2 to $3 range unless something, some sort of major scenario played out either domestically or globally. And, and that's not happened. And so traders have had, and even if you move away from commercial traders and think about, you know, the hedge funds and the big speculative traders, they've, they've kind of not really put a lot of, of their money into natural gas over the summer. And, you know, that may change. But for now, I think the market, is, like, like I said, there's a couple of factors that can make things move. And one of the most major factors would be the Australian situation, which, if, again, if I said if, it was, if it's prolonged, then there's no doubt that you, you'll see importers looking to the U.S., and you know, looking to the LNG export market in the Gulf to to make up on cargoes that they may never get there. And then you also have the situation of what's the weather going to be like in Europe? If they have a harsh winter there, how long will it take before they start using up some of their storage and and then need to replenish, and they still can't go to the Russians to do that. They're going to turn their attention to to here and to Qatar. But I think a lot of it will come to the U.S. Those are factors that can make that 2 to $3 range become obsolete for a while, should they occur. Okay, okay. Well, good. Definitely a lot to watch, a lot to, to look ahead for. I definitely appreciate the time, Steve. With that, allow me to wrap up by noting that NGI presents this podcast to help our subscribers make more informed business decisions about markets and the developments and news that drive them. To read our coverage and more, please visit and subscribe to NGI at naturalgrassintelligence.com. Thanks a lot and have a great day. You too, Kevin. Have a good one. All right, you too. Dependable data drives informed business decisions. Trust NGI to provide your natural gas and LNG data for North America. If your business requires daily, weekly, or midweek pricing data, forward curves, or flow data, NGI has a reliable product suite to support you. Visit natgasintel.com backslash services to understand what we have to offer and how we can help you and your business today. Thank you for listening to NGI's Hub and Flow podcast today. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, and please do share it with your colleagues. A trusted provider of natural gas news, data, and pricing information for North America, NGI offers subscription-based products. Please visit natgasintel.com if you are interested in NGI and our services. If you would like to dive deeper into this subject, additional resources are available on our website as well. Just visit natgasintel.com and click on the resources tab to find the podcast page.